Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. Happy Solo Shot Saturday, everybody. This is a fun show for me because we are officially in baseball mode. We have baseball games every weekend from now until October. I understand there was a disappointing NBA All-Star weekend. There was a lot of other things that you can spend your time on, but for us baseball fans, it is officially ball to glove uh, time of the year, and I am just absolutely thrilled for it. Uh, and I think it's important to lead off with something that I've thought has been a mixed messaging system in MLB for years, and that is transparency. Now, you look across the league, and I'm wearing my 2018 World Series champion Boston Red Sox sweatshirt, the only player from that team left is Raphael Devers, and transparency has always been a dicey thing in baseball. The the shut-up-and-dribble crowd has been strong in the baseball world. A lot of players have suppressed their feelings and their minds for the betterment of the game and kind of just sticking to their craft. But Raphael Devers, at 27 years old, a guy who does not want to be the face of the franchise, does not want to be a leader is growing into that. And he went out there and just simply put, we all know what we need. And I think that even if I wasn't a Red Sox fan, I could objectively see what the Boston Red Sox have done in the last year and a half, two years, has just been going against the grain, no real direction, no real goal outside of just keeping their head above water, being a mid-team, not being bottom of the barrel. And that's just not going to cut it in Boston. So I applaud Raphael Devers for calling out his front office, telling them, hey, Jordan Montgomery's still out there. We need pitching. Uh, Please, please fix this. We have a good group of guys here, and we are still a few pieces away. And instead of spending this prospect hall that you have built up, for pitching later, you can sign someone off the street with no draft pick compensation attached, with no baggage, not really over the hill age-wise. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So transparency in baseball is super important. When Raphael Devers signed that extension, I'm sure he was told, we're going to build around you. The winning is not going to stop anytime soon. We are building up a group of young players to come up when you start to fade and they will be the lead of the team and you will support them. But for now we're building around you and pushing forward. And that's just not what they've been doing over the last couple of years. And you could say it was mismanagement of assets. I can name on a couple hands, the amount of players that should have been traded by the Red Sox over the last three years that just did not get moved for whatever reason. And now we're looking around as Red Sox fans not looking forward to a third straight season, a third straight season where you're very likely to be in last place, a third straight season where ownership does not care about anything but lining their pockets. It's frustrating. 
But if you look across the league, that transparency isn't just in the negative. Aaron Judge and the Yankees have actually had a pretty good offseason, in my opinion. When you trade for Juan Soto, when you sign a Marcus Stroman, that is very good. You get healthy with Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon, who were both supposed to be big parts of the rotation last year. That is a big offseason. And you just have to look around. The Yankees, they shouldn't be done. And Aaron Judge knows that. The captain knows that. So he's going out there saying, I think we have one more move left in him. It's public knowledge that they have extended a five-year agreement to Blake Snell that hasn't been picked up. And Blake Snell, a guy who knows how to pitch in the AL East, a guy who's coming off a Cy Young Award, would be a huge get for the Yankees. And they're trying to push for the World Series right now. They don't know if Soto's going to resign. They don't know how many good years they're going to get left out of DJ LeMayhew and Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton. So this is really the year to go all in. Gleyber Torres is a free agent after this year as well. They have to go for it this year. And if you're debating after Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and Carlos Rodon about, you know, Marcus Stroman, who that fifth starter is going to be, and you can go out there and sign a Cy Young winner to fortify that rotation five-man deep. You got to go out there and do that. And I think that's great to see even the teams that have had a good offseason. The teams are still pushing forward. The players are trying to be transparent. They're trying to push for more moves, for more wins. And you love to see that. But transparency in baseball has also taken on a new meaning this offseason. A very hot topic has been the new uniforms that Nike has come out with. Now, I think it's clear to all baseball fans that they do not look quite as nice as the jerseys of old. But the real problem with the new jersey statement is, yes, they want them to be breathable. They care about the athletes first, is the pants. The pants are also transparent this this spring, and it's not a recipe for success. It's a recipe for some disaster for some internet trolls to take advantage of things, whether it's uh, objectifying your players, embarrassing them when they sweat eventually through these. Um, It it, it just is not good, uh, especially when they're wearing the whites. A drop of water, sweat, etc. can be a serious problem when there are children at these games, when there are children watching these games and looking up to these superstars. So I think it is incredibly important that they find a new way to replace those pants uh, using a similar material, maybe on the inside and then having something overlay. Um, So it it can breathe, but it doesn't quite show as much as it is because right now there's already been some pictures that have been circling the internet of photo ops from teams picture days from players stretching and warming up on the field in these uniforms. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see how bad this can go, how fast. So transparency in the game, whether it's players being objective, whether it's ownership coming out there and saying, we're not done yet, we're we're about done, this is the group we have. It's super important in baseball. And I hope that everything writes the ship all the things that I can objectively see get 
turned around in a positive direction uh, this coming spring into the Major League Baseball season. But like I said, let the games begin. The Dodgers and Padres, the first two teams to report to spring, they hit off the first game of spring training, and Mookie Betts and the Dodgers put up eight runs in the first inning. I know, I know, not all the superstars were playing. I know the Padres did not have an ace on the mound, but eight runs in the first inning for that Dodgers offense, a team that truly knows there's a target on their back and that they need to give every team they go up against their best. Really nice start for them. And I think that if you look across the league, there are a lot of teams that are starting up games. The Red Sox just had their uh, traditional game against Northwestern when they kind of have their double-A guys play against them. And we're going to get into this point where we're having spring training games most afternoons to tune into uh, and check out how players are adjusting. There's a lot of pitchers that are developing splitters this off season. So it'll be fun to watch how they do in game action, even if it's not a game that counts. And of course, this is an opportunity every year for you to see your team's future for these young players who probably aren't going to sniff the major leagues this year, getting an opportunity to see them in the major league uniform, even if they're wearing 94 swinging against major league competition, taking at bats, running the bases, fielding their positions. There's just so much to enjoy. And I am so excited when I got the notification on my MLB audio app that I could tune into a baseball game. I jumped right out of my seat and started doing so. And I can't wait to listen into some of these spring games and get me hyped for the season, seeing how these players progress, seeing how these players do. Uh, and it's always fun to see the roster bubble guys who are fighting for an opportunity to make the Major League Baseball team uh, out of spring and how they progress and how they do. We saw it last year with Anthony Volpe surprising everybody and making the Major League roster out of camp. And I think we can see the same thing this year with guys like Jackson Holiday and Jackson Churio, uh, to name a few. But there are still a lot of players unsigned a lot of players whose future is in doubt and i think the biggest rumor out there is that blake snell is willing to take a shorter term deal uh, to get signed jordan montgomery the apparently the red sox are waiting for the bottom to fall out and hoping that he signs for well below market value those two pitchers, there's no reason they shouldn't be signed. Uh, and it is absolutely laughable to me that those pitchers are still unsigned. But when it comes to Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman, the San Francisco Giants have come out and said that they're pretty much set for the season. Both of those bats could very much help the San Francisco Giants. Both of those gloves could very much help the San Francisco Giants. But they don't want to play ball with Scott Boris at this point. Apparently, he played hard ball three months ago, and they don't want to budge now. So where do Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger end up? Do both of them go to Chicago, a team that looked like they were poised for a big offseason but didn't end up making any moves? Do they have the budget for both of those guys? I'm not quite sure. And I think if you look across the league, 
Snell and Monty are going to get signed, whether it's by pitchers getting injured on their own teams and then they decide to go in for them or the price coming down where more teams are willing to play ball with Scott Boris. But Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman, they're better players than Michael Conforto, but they almost could get stuck in that Michael Conforto-like situation where if they don't sign out of camp, it could be a while before we see them on a major league roster. And these are players that, for all intents and purposes, with all their flaws, should be $100 million-plus players with the gold, with the platinum glove defense at third base and the defensive flexibility and solid offensive statistics from Cody Bellinger last year. But it's going to be interesting to see where those four sign. But in terms of the smaller deal free agents, there's been some moves. The Red Sox have signed Liam Hendricks to a two-year $10 million deal. And I absolutely love this signing because Kenley Jansen is unhappy. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's very likely to get traded sometime before the All-Star break. And Liam Hendricks, cancer survivor, one of the best people in baseball, really easy to root for. Him signing with the Boston Red Sox to basically be the closer in 2025. And if he meets his incentives, there's a mutual option for 2026. The deal can tap out at $30 million over three years. I think that's a well-worth investment. You've been seeing some other pitchers get signed uh, with the hope to rehab in year one and give value in 2025 and or 2026. Brandon Woodruff re-upped with the Milwaukee Brewers. He's going to rehab there after suffering a shoulder injury that shut him down about four months ago. And he's not going to pitch this year. I, I'm very, very surprised if we see more than a couple starts from Brandon Woodruff in 2024, but he should be able to get back in 2025, be a piece the Brewers can either then extend if they feel good about his future or trade for prospects uh, after the fact. So that was a fun move. But mark your calendars for the weekend of June 7, because the Miami Marlins have signed shortstop Tim Anderson to a one-year deal. Former AL batting champ, a guy who I used to root for quite a bit, calling him Pimpin' Tim Anderson because he, every time he hit a home run, he would absolutely showboat in an electric way, adding some excitement to the game. But the last couple of years, Tim Anderson has not been great. And last year, he was one of the objectively worst positioned play, position players in baseball. And now he's getting an opportunity in Miami to be the everyday shortstop next to Luisa Rise. Now, that's not a great defensive combination right there in the middle infield. But Tim Anderson and Luisa Rise in today's game, if they're both hitting well, that's really good batting average at the top of your lineup. The reason I tell you to mark your calendars for the weekend of June 7th is the Cleveland Guardians are coming to town to play the Miami Marlins, and we all know what happened last time Tim Anderson was seen against the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson reuniting, and I think that'll be a huge storyline, especially if Tim Anderson is actually having a rebound campaign. That'll be the real test, in my opinion. If he's getting off to a hot start to begin the season and he can get through the Cleveland series without drama, 
without seeing ghosts out on the field. I think that'll be the real test to show if Tim Anderson is back. So I'll keep you posted on Tim Anderson and uh, we'll see how he does up until that Cleveland series. Like the signing for the Marlins, I think it's it's a low risk, high reward type of deal. They can flip him if he does make that comeback. And if he doesn't, they didn't expend anything. I don't think there's such a thing as a bad one year deal. And looking across the league, there's still some other unsigned free agents that aren't the big Boris guys. J.D. Martinez is sitting out there coming off a 30-plus home run season. He can only be a DH, so he is a little limited, and not every roster can take a J.D. Martinez, but most rosters should be screaming for a J.D. Martinez. So I'm interested to see where he goes. Michael Lorenzen is still out there on the open market as a starting pitcher. I'm not saying he's a number one, but he is clearly a starting pitcher in the major leagues, and those kind of guys you end up having to give up a prospect you'd actually like to get one of those guys midseason. So I'm shocked that Michael Lorenzen is still out on the open market. I'm hoping that the Orioles sign him. But nonetheless, there's plenty of talented players still available for your team to sign. There are plenty of trades that could still end up happening. I expect more trades that were talked about in the offseason involving a Dylan Cease type or involving even the Kenley Jansen to happen more in the first half of the season than before the opening day. But we will keep you updated on all the rumors and signings because I have a feeling that this topic is going to stay all throughout spring training with these big four Boris guys still out there. We need to figure out where they're going and what is being talked about. Here at the Soul Shot Sports Podcast, we have to throw back down the third baseline to this day in baseball history, keeping baseball's national pastime alive. I got to be honest. I'm usually very hard-pressed to pick what the throwback third base moment of the day will be. Shout out to my good friend Adam, because on this date in 1948, Eddie Lopat was acquired by the New York Yankees. He was a part of that mini dynasty there in the late 40s and early 50s. But there wasn't a lot that really struck out to me. But we do have a birthday. And I think that this is incredibly important to see how good this player really was. Because on this date in 1874, yes, the 1800s, Hans Honus Wagner was born in Chartier, Pennsylvania, a lot of people's greatest shortstop of all time. And even if he's not listed as your greatest shortstop, you have to admit that he is one of the inner circle of inner circle hall of famers. His major league debut was until 1897. And he hit 327 for the Louisville Colonels and the Pittsburgh Pirates in his career. I understand that era, a lot of people were hitting over 300 for their career. There was a lot of slap ball hitters in the dead ball era. But he was no typical slap ball hitter. 131 career wins above replacement. Top five all time. 
3,420 hits. This man won eight batting titles in his illustrious career, topping out at 381 in 1900. In his career, he hit 643 doubles, 252 triples, 101 home runs, driving in 1,732 runs and scoring 1,739 in 21 years. Oh, yeah, and he only stole 723 bases. He was called the Flying Dutchman for a reason. He could fly out of the batter's box. True elite speed. I know the defensive metrics are very hard to go back, but he was not looked at as a poor defender at the shortstop position. And what I think is super important is he walked over 200 more times than he struck out in his career. Only 735 career strikeouts. He never struck out more than 64 times in the season. Absolutely unbelievable. 328, 391, 467 career slash line. Good for a 151 OPS plus. He was 51% better than the average hitter of his era. When, like I said, there were a lot of guys hitting near and over 300, he was 51% better. Absolutely unreal. A guy who... Never won an MVP, finished top three three times, but a true inner circle Hall of Famer, not just because of his famous T206 baseball card, which for years was the holy grail of my baseball card hobby, but was also one of the first five elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame's inaugural class in 1936. Funny anecdote here as we wrap up about the flying Dutchman is the story about his T206 Honus Wagner baseball card. The reason why it is so rare and so sought after was he didn't want kids allegedly to have to buy or be around tobacco to get his card. So he asked for the company to stop printing them. And there's a very few, uh, there's very few known out there authentic to this day. Well, in 1949, Leaf came out with their own baseball set. It's also a very iconic baseball set. And Honus Wagner is a manager for the Pittsburgh Pirates in that set. And what is Honus Wagner doing? But enjoying some tobacco products right on that card. So, Do I believe that he didn't want kids to be around tobacco to get his card? I do. I do. But was he completely anti-tobacco? Absolutely not. Nonetheless, one of the greatest players of all time. A lot of people say the greatest shortstop of all time. And a truly historic baseball birthday. One of the names that will live forever in the history of this great sport. As we end out of here, I didn't want to end on injuries, but it's something to keep in mind that no team is going to go into the season 100% healthy. Whether they have guys that are 
currently rehabbing from Tommy John or shoulder injuries that were suffered a year or two prior. Whether it's guys like Kyle Bradish who sprained his UCL already and who expected to miss a few months. Hidai Senga now has a shoulder problem, which if you followed Kadai Senga's career before he came to the major leagues, should not come as a big shock. He had a lengthy injury history over in Japan, and now it is following him to the United States after a very good season. I don't expect him to be back until May or June. Uh, it's going to be a really sh- a shame for the Mets, who are counting on him to be their true ace this season. And now he's going to miss some time, and they're going to have to replace him with a lesser replacement, to say the least. But Kadai Senga now is hurt. Kyle Bradish, who was one of the best pitchers in the American League last year, is hurt. And there's going to be some more injuries, unfortunately, that happen throughout spring training. I will keep you updated on them. Uh, there's going to be things, hopefully nothing like we saw last year with Reese Hoskins being out for the season in a spring training game. But there's going to be injuries. Gavin Lux and Reese Hoskins come to mind from last spring training. We've already had some pitcher injuries. There's always going to be those. And your team's not going to be 100% healthy going into the season. So I'm going to wait until the last couple weeks before opening day to give you my Official 2024 predictions, there's still a lot of free agents out there that can tilt the scales. There's still a lot of injuries that can tilt the scales. There's still a lot of breakouts that can tilt the scales. And I will continue to keep you updated on all things Major League Baseball, uh, both here and on my ex at Dominic Mana 44 I appreciate each and every one of you for spending part of your Saturday with me. Quick hit in baseball talk per usual. And I will catch you guys next Solo Shot Saturday. I hope you have an amazing week. And baseball's back, baby. It's a great time to be alive.